Welcome to the Heat vs. the World podcast. And now, stand up and make some noise for your host, Joel What's good, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel Jacob, and I'm joined by Kev. And, man, I'm feeling good right now. The Heat just got the second win of the series against New York. And what a fun game it was, man. Like, it was great from the beginning all the way to the end. It got a little chippy at one point, and I think that's what a lot of people expected, at least the ones that were really trying to gas up the fact that There's this whole rivalry between the Heat and Knicks going back to the 90s and all that other stuff. But oh, and we'll talk about that later on as we dive into this game. But overall, like Miami is really halfway through the second round. And it's crazy to think about because it was just a few pods ago. I mean, I don't know about you, Kev, but everyone knows I was ready to throw the season away. So it, it was at that point, but we're really half. We're at the halfway point of potentially making it to the conference finals for a second straight season. I don't know how this team is doing it, but God, God bless Jimmy Butler. God bless Spo. God bless this whole squad, and I'm feeling great today. So I just want to know, like Kev, like take us through everything that happened this game. Like what's going through your mind as we look into what we just saw in Game Three? Man, another complete dominant team performance out the gate set the tone i was glad i i love when jimmy comes out aggressive because i feel like that that always sets the tone for other guys and it opens up the offense and it makes the the defense pay early and immediate and i think spo the biggest thing that he did that i absolutely loved was that he put jimmy on rj and he put gabe on jalen brunson and because rj of course the past two games was having them big time first halves Spo said, all right, enough of that. We're going to put our pit bull on you, Jimmy, and we're going to completely shut that down. So RJ, his water got cut off completely. He didn't know what he was doing. He looked like a deer in headlights. He was just completely lost. And that was a great move. And even with Gabe, Gabe did a great job of defending Jalen Brunson. Um, you know, if you, you know he's always going to try and get to that left hand. Even when he goes right, he's going to try and get back to that left hand. He is very crafty, but Gabe just did a great job of staying disciplined staying on his feet, not leaving his feet. And as a whole, man, defensively, we were just locked in. Bam, of course, always holding it down. I feel like he still doesn't get enough credit for what he was doing on both ends. He had a really good game. Max Struess, the Struess is loose. I always say when, when Max has a good game, just like Jimmy, he opens up the entire offense. He gets easier shots for K-Love, for Bam, for anybody else, right? Because his three-point shooting, it spreads the defense out and it makes him have to rotate more. So I loved it. Um, I think the biggest thing was just the defense, man. I honestly, like offensively, we did what we were supposed to do. We scored, what, 105 points. That's great. But to hold a team to only 86 points in a 2023 playoff series is nothing better than that, bro. And that's what it always starts off with. Jimmy has always said it. He said, shots are going to be there. We're going to continue to take the same type of shots. But defensively, if we hunker down, they're going to be in any type of game. And even in close game situations, I like us in any scenario. But with this game, obviously, it was a blowout. It was pretty much over. Honestly, it felt like it was over in the second quarter just because the Knicks just looked dejected. They looked like they didn't want to be there. I think the first time Jalen Brunson went to the bench, he had a towel around his neck and he just he kind of looked defeated already. So if we can just knock him out game four, I think obviously that's going to be the big thing here is you got to you got to, you know, come out tomorrow. We'll talk about it in a second, but you got to come out tomorrow swinging. And so I was glad with it, man. I've been saying that nobody on the Knicks offensively really concerns me outside of Jalen Brunson. I'm living with Julius Randle, tough shots. You already know. You never know what you're going to get from him. R.J. Barrett, again, we put Jimmy on him, didn't know what to do. Outside of that, Emmanuel quickly, hopefully he's good. Um, I never want to see anybody get hurt, but he was really a non-factor for most of that game until like a little bit later in the second half. And everybody else is just meh offense. Like the Knicks offense doesn't concern me whatsoever. So I loved it. It was great to just watch a game where it looked like we were having fun. Of course, the games are long, so every team is going to go on a run to, to get back and cut the lead a little bit. And Spo is great at calling timeouts early and not just letting teams go on big runs. So I enjoyed that too. But all in all, man, great team win. 
way to come out and hold down MSG South or whatever they call it up there, that BS name. But great win, man. I couldn't agree anymore. And one thing I just want to mention is the fact that I really appreciate these blowout wins, especially because of the fact that the more Miami handles their business, the more time Jimmy can sit. And that's really important to me because, you know, we know there's going to be really important games. And we've seen it in this playoff run already where he's going to play 40 or more minutes. And to be in situations like yesterday where the Heat were able to handle business and they were able to take care of stuff even when Jimmy wasn't on the floor. Like, that's a great thing to see because I think at one point, like, Jimmy was resting and by the time he came back into the game, it was still a 16-point lead. So the fact that he was able to come in but they were able to hold it down and he was just able to come in and do what he does and, you know, still have that big of a lead like it's such a great thing to see and it shows that our players are ready to step up like you mentioned it yourself guys like Max Struess and all them they are doing big things for us and it feels like something we need to acknowledge more because you know one thing especially we were hearing the Knicks fans say you know in case y'all missed it we was on a whole space on Twitter me Kev K um Lola and uh, so many more from the Heaver's World squad and we were on there, and one of the main arguments that was being thrown at us is, oh, it's going to be the Jimmy Butler show, and there's no way you're going to beat New York because it's going to be Jimmy Butler versus the rest of the squad that they got on the Knicks. And that wasn't the case yesterday. Like, I, they came in and did their thing, and it was just something really nice to see because it just shows that not only is this squad filled with more guys than just the Jimmy Butler but we're also we're also fine with being in situations where we can take the load off of Jimmy. And that's, like I said, it's just the most important thing to me right now because I want to make sure that, and obviously he's still a little bit banged up because of the ankle injury he suffered in game one. But if we could just keep him at least somewhat healthy and just keep him ready and, go, ready and good to go for the conference finals, if we make it, I don't want to assume it just yet. Like, that's a great position for Miami to be in because I'm literally praying that Celtics and Sixers goes to seven. I don't know if it will, but if they can do that and Miami can finish this series in five, that is a good scenario for Miami. Go out, get your rest, let the Sixers and Celtics continue to beat the hell out of each other. And then even though it's not going to be an easy series come to conference finals, at least you're going to be working with a team that's already been beat down after everything they had to go through just to simply make it to the conference finals. So that's just the way how I look at it. Um, as we um dive further into it, is there anything else that you want to add, Kevin? Yes, I had to, I had to add this. I, I, I'm glad you said that because I did not want to forget this. The lineup that featured Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Kayla Martin, Haywood Highsmith, and Cody Zeller completely blew open this game in that second quarter. And that is the most, if you asked any Heat fan about that lineup two weeks ago, they would probably turn their TV off, right, and, and just do something else. That lineup won us the game, and I was happy that they held it down like that. And again, I want to say the five. It was Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson, Haywood Highsmith, Kayla Martin, and Cody Zeller. Again, that lineup, I don't even know how much they played that lineup previous to this game before, but that lineup just put the Knicks in Alcatraz or actually Rikers Island, and they didn't know what to do. <laughs> they were com confused as I don't know what. And I was happy because, again, like, what are the chances that that lineup does anything, you know? And going back to that Jimmy point, this is what a lot of Knicks fans aren't understanding is that in order for us to beat Milwaukee, we needed a, a great Jimmy performance, which he gave us multiple times in that series, right? Because Milwaukee is a juggernaut. Whether people want to admit it or not, you need that from Jimmy, especially against a team that has that many individual pretty good defenders and obviously Drew Holiday. Against the Knicks, let's just be – let's call a spade a spade. Let's be real here. The Knicks are not anywhere near as good as the same stratosphere as the Milwaukee Bucks. If these two teams matched up and say we lost – I would probably take the Bucks in five, to be honest, maybe four, right? And so with that, you don't really need Jimmy to be great like that. Like, we're looking at the two games that he's played. He had 25 game one. He had 28 yesterday. And it was kind of like outside of the like the first quarter of yesterday's game, 
it didn't really look like it was allowed 28 points. You know what I'm saying? He had them big buckets kind of in the fourth where he told Josh Hart he couldn't guard him, which Josh Hart, you cannot guard him. We all knew that anyway, but Jimmy isn't even playing all that amazing. Like when it comes to scoring, obviously he does everything else high level, but in this series, we don't need Jimmy to go off for 30 and 40. Like, no, this Knicks team, it doesn't require that. Why? Because they're offensively challenged and defensively, they're an amazing defensive team in the regular season. But that defense does not translate to the playoffs. So, I mean, I just I want people to understand that the Knicks, nothing, nothing against them, but they're just not in the same stratosphere as the Milwaukee Bucks. And that's all it comes down to. And that's why, honestly, they shouldn't win another game in this series if I'm keeping it a buck with y'all. I agree. And, you know, we got Kay hopping in. So just to fill you in, Kay, I know you heard most of what Kevin had to say. Basically, we're diving into um this win against the Knicks while also talking about, you know, being able to have a squad that can play big minutes when a guy like Jimmy has to sit down for a bit. So, like, with that all being said, like, what goes through your mind when you think about how the Heat were able to handle business yesterday? Yeah, first of all, what up, what up, what up? I apologize for being late. Um, But... I mean, just to dive right into it, I think I mentioned it on the pregame spaces with Big Nick Energy um, on Twitter or whatever, that the others had to be, like when we were asked what was our three keys to this win for our side or whatever, I mentioned that the others had to fill in exactly where they were needed to allow Jimmy to be Jimmy when he was needed to be Jimmy. Now, he came out early showing you that he was good from a health perspective. Um, And then as Kev mentioned, his points, even though um, I think, what what did he finish with like 28, almost 30, right? Yep. Um, Like it was a quiet 30 in the sense that it wasn't, you know, emphatic, like popping off the screen, every play, oh my God, this is a moment like it was against the Bucks. Because as you mentioned, Kev, we don't need him to do that, but that's a little bit later. I'm gonna get back to that. Um, like it was because the others were filling in in those moments, um, where they were needed to. I mean, you look at big plays, that pick and roll, that Calloway Cody Zella pick and roll gonna do something for us, but we can talk about that later. Um, I mean, you look at Caleb Martin, of course, doing his thing, Max Struess attacking the cup like he was doing. You even look at the gravity that Duncan was providing there, his ability to penetrate, and people are going to downplay that. But he was penetrating and creating for um, Bam just as well as Kevin Love was doing. I mean, Kevin Love dropped some dimes off. Like, basically, even if you look at Gabe Vincent, who didn't shoot the ball well, but was still active, aggressive, um, and, you know, making things happen, impacting the game with his effort. Um, like, th- those were the moments I was speaking of. Now, to the other point that I made as a part of my, you know, my, my three keys was – we had to find a way to be effective against their bigs. And I want to take my cap off to Bam Adebayo there because like Bam was assertive yesterday. And like I've always said, assertiveness doesn't just mean go take every shot, but an assertive Bam Adebayo is taking his shots. However, when you look at the way he was attacking the glass, attacking the defensive situations, attacking his defensive matchups, even getting a little more loose, shall I say, on the offensive end as far as just playing instinctually and not thinking about it. Uh, Bam Adebayo was as assertive as hell in game three. And, you know, that's the type of Bam Adebayo you need. And you can do many, many things um, moving forward as long as he can find a way to stay healthy. Um, I mean, by the way, do, do we all remember when he put Julius Randle in the room? I mean, for crying out loud, Bam, take it easy. I mean, I know he's your kid, but don't be doing him like that. Um, listen, I mean, speak again, back to Julius Randle. I, I mean, has he gotten out of jail yet? Have they put enough money? Have they started to no, go sir. fund me yet no. to get him out? Nope. He's, he's still, still in singing, there. He's still singing locked up by Akon. I, I forgot. It's the car. weekend. Magistrate don't get back to Monday. Y'all right. Y'all right. <laughs> um, so with that being said, I mean, look, yo, Kev hit on it. Ultimately, I told, I told a partner that is a Knicks fan, unfortunately for him. I told him before this series, look, this can get ugly. I want you to know that. Like, don't be impressed by all this. And this isn't a fan talking. This is the logical me talking because, one, Jimmy's in a mood. Two, you have to look at that Knicks team. And I said this. I wrote this coming into the series um, for Heat versus the World as well. 
Jalen Brunson was going to be key, and he was a poor matchup for us because we have too many big bodies, and our best players are big body multiple defenders. So we have too many guys, Caleb Martin, Jimmy Butler, Bam Adebayo, Haywood Highsmith. Um, you know, we have too many guys that we can show him. Gabe Vincent, too many guys that we can show him on a consistent enough basis where he ain't going to be able to do it for you. And right now, he's the winning engine. Julius Randle can put up points sometimes when he get out of when he get out of the pokey, um, the Polk County pokey. Ha. Um, when he get out, he can do some things sometimes. But Jalen Brunson gonna be the guy that's winning for you. So, um, in any situation, that was a good win in Game Three. It was indicative of what I expected to see at some point in the series is indicative of where these two teams are the best player on the floor is jimmy butler far and far and people want to say the two three and the four are on the knicks but i could beg to differ about that because when bam Adebayo is assertive he is absolutely at worst the third best player on the floor yesterday and i can make the argument that he was the second but as long as the others keep doing what they're doing bam Adebayo continue to be assertive spoke keep coaching circles around the opposition and shout out to tibbs because tibbs is not a bad coach he just ain't spoke um, and he do got to, you know, cook with the groceries he got. I mean, you know, this is going to be light work. Six at max, but probably five. And I want to say real quick, too. My fault, Joe. I, I got to say this, too. Just to expound on Kay's point. Bro, we can make a case that Kyle Lowry has outplayed damn near every single one of the Knicks players. Honestly. Oh, Kyle been balling. And I want a lot of people to put respect on him. Not even just Heat fans, but just people in general. Because I know a lot of people have counted him out just because he was dealing with a knee injury. And, yeah, he doesn't take the regular season as serious as he once did as a younger player. But Kyle Lowry has been hooping. And it's not even just scoring. It's facilitating. Getting Cody Zeller involved is, is an achievement in its in of itself. And so they got to put a lot of respect on him. Because, again, I know a lot of Knicks fans were not expecting that. But he's outplayed. I'd make a case he's outplayed damn near every single one of their players outside of Jalen Brunson at this point. Honestly, I think you can make that case right now. So I just want to give Kalo his flowers because he's been he's been major in this series so far. So I would I would I would this is the way I would articulate. I don't disagree with you. So this ain't what's happening, Kev. I would say that he's been more consistent than Julius Randle, even though Julius Randle peaked maybe a little higher than Kalo. Kalo has had some games that you can equate but he's definitely been more consistent than him and Brunson. Um, but outside of Brunson and Julius Randle, he's been better than everything they got over there. Um, and you look at not only Kalo, but you look at K-Love. Um, as I mentioned prior to the playoffs, ahead down the stretch of the season, those former star veteran big moments in the playoffs and like the fact that they can still, hey, this is the regular season, but I can be this guy for 12 games. I remember who I am. I can be him for 12 games when I need to be. And you look at the shots, the playmaking. Um, I think Caleb, I think Caleb drove past a guy on the closeout yesterday for crying out loud. Twice even. So I mean, you look at stuff like that, um, crashing the boards, being a physical presence, beating the hell out of Mitch Robinson, being where he's supposed to be. Um, and then of course, we're talking about Caleb knocking down shots, creating, um, wreaking havoc on the defensive end, just you know, doing that Kalo thing, throwing his body in his hands, somehow legally everywhere into whoever to create a loose ball or extra possession for the Miami Heat. It cannot be stated enough. Um, as a matter of fact, like you said, it's understated um, the, the the impact that they're having for this Miami Heat team right now. Um, and I, I just can't do nothing but agree. I just had to expound that it was not only Kalo for me, but also Kevin Love, man, because they're balling, helping the Miami Heat win games. Right. And before I continue, Kev, is there anything that you want to add on to that as well? No, nah, we good. Bad. So I just like got to come out and say, first of all, like, um, you know, Kay, you mentioned like about the thing with Thibs and the fact that he's just working with what he got. Even then, I was told by Knicks fans that they had a lot of studs on that team. And they do. Like, don't get me wrong. But the thing is, I was hearing was crazy. I hopped on the um um what's it called the pod uh, on Nick's pod like um a few days ago, and I I got a little heat because I said that Caleb Martin was gonna be the better player than um Quentin Grimes. Like it was crazy, and mind you, Quentin Grimes um airballed the whole layup yesterday. So there's that. Um, the only one I feel like I was really kind of cold on was maybe the Cody Zeller Isaiah Hartenstein because I feel like. Isaiah's had his moments here and there. And we'll talk about that matchup too, by the way, because something interesting happened in last night's game. 
But, you know, that aside, and, you know, I feel like, and I agree with you, Kevin, and I agree with you both, the fact that we do have to give Kyle Lowry his praise because who would have thought we'd be hopping? First of all, we I don't think a lot of people thought we'd even be talking about this team after the first round. But the fact that we are, who would have thought that we'd be sitting here praising Kyle Lowry, Cody Zeller picking roles? Like, we are sitting here talking about this right now. And, and the fact that it's been thriving and everything, like, and I'm not saying that it wouldn't have if they tried it. It's just crazy because, you know, we didn't think that Cody Zeller was going to come out and do exactly what he's been doing. And, you know, you see the way how the team was able to, you know, give him his flowers too. Because if y'all saw on social media, they were gassing him up, telling him to lead the way as they were having their little huddle in the locker room. Like, it's just such a great sight to see. And I just love how connected the squad is. And it just goes to show how everyone in this team plays such a great role. Because, you know, like I mentioned before, everyone kept talking about how, oh, it's just Jimmy Butler and that's it. Jimmy Butler versus the New York Knicks. And it's not. And we proved that yesterday. Because Knicks fans, you know, they were doing all that talk, talking about this is the MSG South or whatever. And yet they had Cody Zeller putting on a highlight reel yesterday. Imagine paying, oh, I don't know how much the tickets cost at um, the Kaseya Center, but imagine being a Knicks fan. You talk all that talk about the MSG South and you pay all that money for a ticket just to prove your point. And you come in not only to see your team get blown out, but you get to see Cody Zeller, of all people, have a good game, too. And nothing against Cody Zeller. You know, shout-outs to him for doing his thing. But, you know, of all the players on the Heat that you'd want to have bowl out against your squad, Cody Zeller is not that type of guy. That's not the type of guy that I, as a Knicks, if I was a Knicks fan, would pay 300 whatever many dollars just to see. So that's just me, though. But moving on, moving on. I, I, let me let I, me let me touch on that though, man. Because mm-hmm. I and you know I like everybody know I like Cozell. I, I call him Cozell. Right. Look, man. If you think about it, right? Cody Zeller is kind of like culture, and I know people want to like say we attach that or throw that around. But anyway, they should know at this point. Four one the bucks, by the way. In that ass, bleep me out, Joel. I know you will when it's editing, but. <laughs> Um, like, you know what I'm saying? Like culture, yo, like out of the league, the boy ain't but 30 years old. The boy ain't but 30 years old. First of all, I mean, he looked 47, but he ain't but 30. So Mr. Zella from second period, Kim, um, bounced around for a couple teams, got injured, just come in, do his job. Um, get you a couple boys when he make a mistake, point to his little chest, say, yeah, that's me. Get back on defense, hobble back, and then knock the hell out of Julius Randle when you want him to, all in 10 minutes of action. I mean, what more can you want from a guy off the scrap heap to a junkyard dog just giving you minutes out of nowhere in a series to match Hardenstein? And I say this to say, yes, Hardenstein had that game two situation, but from an impacting winning consistently, it goes back to that thing I was mentioning about Kalo. Um, and this isn't because Cody Zell is ours, but consistently impacting, I would say it's been him. Because Cody Zeller has some moments in game two as well. Of course, the Miami Heat didn't win, and they weren't the type of moments he had in game three. Plus, role players play better at home. Everybody should know that about the playoffs. Um, you know, I think I just I like what he's at. I think it's another situation where Spo is just shining. Hey, let me take a dude that I know is capable, former first round pick, by the way, um, and let him. Give me a couple minutes, do some things. Hey, and he'll knock the hell out of a guy. Oh, my God. That's a bonus. Right. I agree. I agree. And then, like, uh, before I move on, um, Kev, is there anything that you want to add into this? Simply put, what I've been saying ever since we acquired him, mm-hmm. better than the mechanic, bro. He's just so, better. Man. I can't argue with you. I can't argue with you at all. Younger, <laughs> more spry, more physical, a bigger, bigger body presence. Um. I mean, he's well, obviously, that first round pick says that his fundamental and mechanics and just knowledge as a basketball player, you know what I'm saying? It's like the guy, it's like because you know, Dwayne Demon, I, I think, if my memory serves the correct, didn't really start playing organized ball until late in high school. So it's just like the guy that's been doing something all his life compared to the freak that figure out that he's really good at something at some point and become it, right? And like, 
I just got to say, I mean, Kevin, you said it yourself. Like, just simply having a center that could go out there and play serviceable minutes because, I mean, like, and I know, like, Kay, you know, you would try to defend um, Dwayne Dedman when everyone was really low on the no, guy. No, 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 Don't you do that. I oh, always no, say, I mean, I mean, like, do we have somebody better? And we did. And we okay. have somebody better. I mean, like, I don't know. I just didn't want to make it seem like I was flat out going to diss him. So I didn't know. If oh, no, nah, you was... good. Handle your business. Look, <laughs> I always say, if there's somebody better, then bring him in. And we can oh, yeah. move on. I ain't mentioned Dwayne Dedman. Don't, I, right. just, I just don't want people to do that to me, Joe. We good. Oh, oh, I just yeah. defend myself, <laughs> brother. Right, my bad, my bad. Because, like, my thing is, it's like with Dwayne Dedman is that Y'all don't understand. Like, I used to have so much stress whenever he came into the game because it's like the second he gets the ball, I didn't know what was going to happen next. And, like, there was all this fear, and it wouldn't go away until he passed it to someone else. So the fact that I don't have to feel that fear whenever I see Cody Zeller in the game and he has the ball in his hands, the fact that I don't even have to feel nervous when I see Bam sit out the game for a couple minutes, it's just such a comforting thing to know that we just have a center that can go out there and just play solid minutes for a few seconds. You know what I'm about to say? <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just reading the chat as I'm saying that. Um, but yeah, like overall, you know, that I mean, shout outs to Cody Zeller. That's the guy who definitely deserves his flowers, or as um Kay says, Kozel. So as uh, speaking of um Cody or Kozel, um, I wanted to talk about some something interesting that happened yesterday. And, you know, I said this earlier in the show, like, everyone's talking about this Heat and Knicks rivalry and how, like, um, well, what's the word I'm looking for? There's this whole physicality to it. And, like, there was in the 90s, but we never really saw it whenever they played each other as the time went by. But yesterday, we saw somewhat of a skirmish. You know, we saw um, Cody Zeller and Isaiah Hartenstein, of all people, get into a fight. And it's hilarious because out of all people that could have gotten in a fight this series, Cody Zeller, I think, was at the bottom of everyone's list because the man is a whole chemistry teacher. Like, why, <laughs> why is he, of all people, getting involved in fights and stuff? But, you know, y'all saw it go down. It was him, Hartenstein, and I think Caleb got in there a little bit. But, yeah, like, I just want to know, like, quick thoughts. Like, how did y'all feel about that? Especially because everyone was trying to gas up this Heat and Knicks rivalry, even though that thing's been dead because the Heat owned the Knicks. But that aside, like, what did y'all think about that? We'll start off with you, okay? Um, Look, man, my thing about that whole thing was I just like the response by Cody Zeller. In the, in the moment... It's a situation where you just want to make sure that he's in the moment, right? So what that means is as long as you're not going overboard and hurting the team, I want you to respond there to let them know that it's not sweet. Like, I need you to do that. But outside of that, because let's just put that there, Cody Zeller did what the hell he was supposed to do. Um, and you like the way that Kelly Martin stepped up and had his, had his dog back. What it boils down to is the fact that Julius Randle at some point began to play absolutely dirty um, because several plays before that, he onboard Cody Zeller in which Cody Zeller drew the foul. Um, and they showed it on a perfect angle on the broadcast when the camera slowed down and it even made Hubie Brown say, whoa. And, you know, when Hubie Brown go, whoa, that's why I like Hubie because Hubie called out all the bullshit. Um, I mean, it was Julius Randle getting shut down, getting embarrassed in Bam jail. Um, and basically beginning to play dirty and try to instigate some stuff because his team was down a dub and it wasn't a thing that he could do about it. That's what it was for me. Right. And, like, I just got to say that, you know, they was doing all this talk. And, like, and I got no ill will against Josh Hart, but I just wanted to let it be known that the reason why the Knicks were able to take a game from Miami was simply because of the fact that he chose to flop onto Jimmy's ankle causing him to miss game two they can do all the talks about whatever but we all know if jimmy played that game then this would be a three nothing lead but i don't care Things unless happen. it was unless it was 80 degrees in miami according to jalen rose 
Oh, yeah, yeah, that's true. Or, you know what, because I was told that, you know what, the Knicks don't win when the game is on a weekend. And we've apparently, apparently Adam Silver in the NBA has been working behind the scenes and making sure the Heat get all the weekend games so that we could beat the Knicks. Because apparently, in case you guys forgot, the conspiracy is against the New York Knicks. The league hates New York. The also, state- matinee games, Joe, matinee games as well, early afternoon games. It can't be early afternoon. Yep. Yep, exactly. And then you got the fact that the same um the same league that always yaps about how apparently the NBA is more fun or whatever when the Knicks are good. That's the same league that's trying to rig games for the Heat. You know, I, I this is such a crazy conspiracy theory. But that all aside, like Kev, how about you though? Like, how did you feel about seeing the little skirmish yesterday? I'm with Kay. I'm just glad our guy stepped in. I expect that to happen, but I mean, in totality, it's really nothing, dog. Um, I kind of seen it boiling up to that point, as Kay again mentioned with the elbow from Julius Randle, because Julius is one of them players where when it's not his night, he gets frustrated. You know what I'm saying? He, he completely loses his mind, and he starts to do dumb things. He's been doing that since he was in high school. So I kind of seen it coming. I, I almost tweeted, like, the rest are kind of letting the game get a little bit out of control because you could see that, you know, tempers are starting to flare between the, the, the tech. Um, RJ was – arguing with the rest more than I've ever seen him between this series alone. Um, so to me, it was really nothing, dog. I mean, I knew it was going to happen just because the game is physical. This series has been very physical. If you can't tell or not, it has been. But to me, it's really nothing, bro. Like, the Knicks had to do that because they had to show some type of heart and pride. But it, in totality, it wasn't nothing, bro, for real. Right. Because I just had to ask because I just thought it was hilarious that Cody Zeller, of all people, was involved in this um, little skirmish. And I also had to acknowledge the fact that Jimmy did not even care, bro. Like, I know y'all saw the video of him just simply chilling, you know, just simply spinning the ball on his finger, just waiting for the game to resume. And I love it. Like, that man's just out there ready to bowl. Like, once the possession starts, he's there to do his thing. Like, he ain't there for anything extra. So I love it. But, you know, I mean, that all aside, you know, back into what really matters, and that's this playoff run, let's go into game four. Because if we win this, we take a 3-1 lead, and we're going to have the opportunity to close this out at Madison Square Garden. So with that all being said, like, I just want to know, what's going to be y'all's expectations for this game four? And do y'all think the Heat get this job done and get that 3-1 lead? We'll start off with you, Kev. 100% we're going to win this game. I have no doubt about it in my mind. I do think, obviously, with their backs against the wall, the Knicks are going to come out with more of a sense of urgency. So I expect that, but they're not moving me at all. Um, They shot terribly from three this past game. They shot terribly from three the first game. They can't shoot. It's a reason that Spo played that zone. I think a little bit of it was the fact that because Jimmy was gone, we didn't really have a, a guy that could hold. Jalen Brunson, I think he was kind of nervous about that at first. I don't think he's as worried about that anymore. And he played the zone just because they can't shoot, bro. They can't. Like, let's just call a spade a spade. They they don't have shooters like that. Emmanuel quickly supposed to be that. Quentin Grimes is supposed to be that. But in their starting five alone, if y'all are paying attention, which I know both you guys are, Max Struess is not even concerned about Josh Hart as an outside threat. He's literally digging down and doubling off, and not even doubling off, but he's just digging down and giving Bam extra support just in case he needs it when he's guarding Julius, which he doesn't really need it, but he's helping anyway because, again, Josh Hart isn't spacing the floor like that. So the biggest thing, I always say it, bro, Max Struess, I need him to come out and hit some threes because, again, he just he just opens up the offense. When Max is hitting shots, it feels like everybody clicks for some reason. I don't know if y'all noticed that if, or if it's just me, but I swear every time he's hitting shots, it just the offense just flows differently. So – you know, I expect Jimmy to be Jimmy. I expect Bam to keep fighting down there in the block in the post, getting rebounds, blocking shots, holding down the paint, doing what he does at a high level. And, again, I think the Knicks are more than likely going to come out swinging first because, again, they have to. But I expect us to respond, take a commanding lead, and win this game. And even if it does come down to the wire, again, I cannot emphasize this enough, any close game situation, I like us in. I just like us a lot more. Jalen Brunson is a hell of a closer. But I'm taking Jimmy Butler as a closer over damn near anybody in the NBA right now left in the playoffs and probably just in the NBA in general, to be honest with you. So I expect it to be a good game. Again, the Knicks are going to fight. They're going to scratch and claw and fight. They 
they have to. They have no other choice. This is their first time in these playoffs that their back has been against the wall. So they go down 3-1. It gets real tricky, but I expect us to do that. I just think we're going to have the more sense of urgency. You know, the last time we played in the game four, Jimmy went off for, what, 56? So I'm not expecting that to happen. But I do think Jimmy's going to have a, a bigger game. I expect him to probably go off for 30, probably more, just so we can get this series over with, to be honest. I don't think they're going to play with their food. They're going to BS or anything like that. They know what they have to do. They know they can win this one. And as, Joe, you mentioned, go back to MSG and have a great chance at closing out an MSG. That's the goal is to win these next two games. So, again, I expect them to be better. Um, they're going to have to dig deep because, you know, losing Emmanuel quickly – Sadly, isn't a big loss, but they're going to have to find someone else to step into that lineup and, and be somewhat solid. It's probably going to be Deuce McBride. So we'll see how that goes because he has not played whatsoever in the playoffs. But all in all, again, man, I expect us to come out, put our foot on the gas, don't look back, hit our three-point shots, and get these dudes out of here and go back to MSG up 3-1. Right. And before I pass the mic to um Kate, I just got to, like, mention, you know, as you uh, mentioned, Kelly, you know, the whole thing with Miami is that I love their urgency towards everything in this run because I think it was Caleb Martin who said during one of um the I forgot which um after which game it was, but he was saying to the media that, you know, the way how they've been going into every game, they've went into it with the mentality that they are down three games to zero. And that's something you love to see from any team, really. And, you know, that's the mentality they've had. He mentions that it's because, you know, being the eighth seed, you never want to, um, you know, be comfortable at any moment. And I love that type of energy for the Heat. And, you know, we saw that in game four of the last series. You know, a lot of people thought that the Bucks were going to not only tie it, but then when they when the Heat won game four, you then have the whole, okay, now the Bucks will just come back from a 3-1 deficit, all this other crap. It was probably one of the only times where you've ever seen a um you've ever seen people really gas up a 3-1 comeback before a team could even win game five to at least make it a 3-2 deficit but it is what it is we won the series who cares screw the media all of that aside like i just love the way how miami has been really going into things and everything you said kev i personally believe it will happen obviously the knicks will come out swinging but i 100 percent expect the squad to have the answer for whatever run, for whatever play that the Knicks try to throw at them. So I'm going to pass the mic to you, Kay. What you got to say? I mean, Kev said it, man. I, I expect the Miami Heat to come out um, and not play with their food. I think Jimmy Butler will go for 40 because I think Jimmy Butler wants – he has a point to prove. When he was nine at the end of game two to MSG, I mean, he was pretty much saying it. Y'all think this is still sweet. Like – Yo, we did this, and I'm not even on the floor. I think he wants to walk out of MSG at the end of game five, waving bye-bye and nodding to them people in the same fashion that he did after game two. And I think that he's capable of making sure that happens. And, of course, his teammates are going to have to help him, and I think that they will. But I think Jimmy Butler's going to come out and give you what he needs to give you, and I think that's going to be maybe 40 in game four. Because he's at home in front of his people, the most comfortable environment to do that. And then I think in game five, he's going to come out and give you 25, 30, and the rest of his teammates are going to help him, you know, scrap and claw out a victory to send the Knicks to the crib, a short ride on the subway, 4-1. Yes, sir. And I just got to say, it would be a great way to do it. Because, like, imagine Jimmy closes it out in game five. Like, the last time he was at Madison Square Garden, he was smiling, and the camera caught it, and he was waving at the crowd, and, you know, I think at one point he was sticking the finger up, but, you know, yeah, but to go from that, and then the next time you see him, he's closing them out at MSG, like, that is such a poetic way to close the series out. Like, is it not? That's G shit. That's G, excuse me, that's G stuff. <laughs> like I would love to see it that would be such a perfect way to close it out and that's probably the only reason why I'm not too pissed we lost game two because I feel like it would just be more satisfying to do to end this series at MSG compared to the Kaseya Center got a lot of love for our own arena but man to see him wave goodbye to all them Knicks fans would be yo 
Don't even play with me right now. I would watch the video of that happening like 24-7. But, you know, we talked about so much. But before we close it out, is there anything else y'all want to say before we call it an episode? F the Knicks, F the Mets, F the Yankees, F the Jets, F the Giants. (laughs) (laughs) F all that. Ditto. Yes, sir, man. Like, I'm sorry, but it's it's been so exhausting. Like, that's why I cannot be on Twitter too long. Because I feel like I will lose brain cells when I read some of the stuff that I got to read. Whether if it's apparently we winning games because it's the weekend or, you know, what Jalen Rose is saying. Because mind you, the only time where I hear what these analysts got to say is through Twitter. Because I don't watch ESPN anymore. Like, <laughs> I watch that on on um. On my, on my TV. I don't even watch it on YouTube when it shows up there. Like, I do not watch any of the this. The boy when said I, it's too hot. He literally. said it's too hot. He said they can't play because of the adjustments their body has to make from New York to Miami weather in the middle of spring. Taylor oh Rose, be God. quiet. Shut up. Shut up. Shut up. Mind you, mind you that this is literally a city where people have houses at and train in the summer. So, like, what? how is this making sense? You think we're, you think we got them playing an actual Alcatraz the way how people are making it sound like, but. It make about as much sense as his hairline being naturally that solid. Literally. Exactly. Man, it's so dumb, but we know how the media is and. I never really give pay any more attention to the media because we know what they are and we know they're always going to come out with whatever garbage narrative they could possibly put out. You know, whether, like I said, really like weekends, like people are pulling up records of the Knicks on weekends and weekdays. Like, let's be freaking for real right now. What are we doing? Like none of it, <laughs> none of it makes sense. You know, before you know it, they're gonna talk about the jerseys or something too. This player didn't wear this jersey for this game, and because of that, he didn't do well or something like that. And I get it; everyone got their superstitions and stuff like that. But shut up, keep that to yourself. I ain't trying to hear none of that because it seems like there's a new excuse. Because to go from oh they didn't have Giannis in the um last series against the Bucks to oh apparently we're apparently our weather is just too much for teams to handle like no maybe told him to stay out the nightclubs or something i don't know if you want to put it like i never take on that either joe but you bring up (laughs) an interesting point bro like people want to keep talking about you know the bucks were out and the bucks didn't have all their people and all that well the bucks were supposed to be a better team than everybody and then you can't say that Giannis was hurt because when he came back the boy had a triple double and like 30 20 or some crazy like, I mean, it's like people, like you said, want to pull excuses out of anywhere and everywhere just to keep from having to accept the fact that maybe you're always wrong about the Miami Heat and Coach Spolstra and Jimmy Butler and what they're capable of when the lights are on the brightest. I'm sorry for cutting you off, brother. You just you you, you just made me think about that. And I had let it go because I'm not that guy that's going to, like, talk about the – like, yo, we beat them. We 4-1 them. I'm not going to talk about them. Y'all can keep talking about it. I know what happened. But – you just gave me the floor, so I I just took my opportunity. My bad, bro. Oh, no worries. Because, like, it's either that or the whole thing with the South Beach flu and how just because players can't control themselves and, you know, go to the clubs and everything, that should be another reason why these games against the Heat should have an asterisk around them. Like, shut up, man. Like, it's ridiculous. But at this point, like I said, I don't watch ESPN, you know, like I don't watch Fox Sports 1 or any of these other loser national media channels because I know what they're going to say, you know, whether if it's first take Stephen A and then that old man that was trying to diss Jimmy last year. And we're not going to say his name because he really should spend more time in a retirement home than being on that studio. But it is what it is. We know that ESPN has been falling off for years now. Like, it's just a whole thing. Like, all of these agendas are just crazy, man. And I know, like, Kevin, like, you had a point where you don't even care. Because I think we was talking about it before we even got on the mic. Like, for you personally, like, you don't even care because the media, it is what it is. But, like, do you want to comment on it? Or, like, do you do you just want to, like, skip it? Because, I, like I said, I know you, you just simply don't care about this type of stuff. No, I want to say this because I feel like a lot of Heat fans need to hear this is that we should embrace being the underdog. And I don't even like calling it the underdog, but being counted out, you know, not being mentioned, whatever, embrace it. 
because at the end of the day, as I told Joe before we got on here, it only feels Jimmy Butler and Eric Spolster to be greater, believe it or not, and the rest of the team as well. Caleb Martin, Kyle Lowry, you can go down the list. Like, I don't really care that everybody's not talking about us because we still win it regardless. You know what I'm saying? We still put on a show regardless. They have no choice but to acknowledge us every single time we're on the screen. So that underdog mentality should be embraced. Again, people aren't watching Heat games like that. It's fine because at the end of the day, they know we're still good basketball, whether we're an eight seed or a one seed or whatever in between. So just don't mind all that stuff, bro. It does not matter. At the end of the day, again, we're winning. And winning, we all know, cures all. And winning puts respect on everything. So being counted out with the underdog, whatever, embrace that, bro. Because at the end of the day, it's just fueling our guys. Eric Spolster is a mad scientist. You think when people aren't talking about him winning coach of the year and all these different things, you think he's not in the lab right now cooking up something in a dark room, looking at a screen, probably just going crazy by himself, not even with any assistant coaches next to him. You know what I'm saying? We have insane people on this roster in a good way, in a great way, actually. So I love it. I embrace it. I don't care that ESPN is not talking about us. I don't care that the national media isn't talking about us because it doesn't matter. Because, again, at the end of the day, and I'm going to let my bro K go, we're winning. I agree totally with what Kev said. I mean, that's exactly, and that was kind of like to my point about why I just let, you know what I mean? Let the, let the, let the people live, especially like why I haven't even been taught. Why this is the first time I've been mentioning the whole, you know, discrediting the Miami Heat or what the Bucks did or, you know, trying to say Giannis was this when he was absolutely phenomenal um, and all of that. That's why I let that live because like at the end of the day, you got to realize that Spo and Jimmy are absolutely filled by all of this, even though they don't say it and you love that too. That they ignore it all, but at the same time, they're completely aware of it all. Um, that's just who they are. That's who the Miami Heat always are. Um, and to add and expound, piggyback, whatever you want to call it, I think Kev was right there, but I'm going to say it like this. Like, they might not watch a lot of us during the regular season, but nine times out of ten during the postseason, you're going to have to watch us because we're going to be there. And that's it. Amen, amen, amen. And you know, one more thing I'm gonna say before we close it out, unless y'all want to add on to this as well. Um, and you know, because you guys mentioned this in the chat, I think it was K, like the four teams that made it to the conference finals last year are the four teams that are up 2-1 in their respective series right now. The Heat, Celtics, Lakers, and the Nuggets. And mind you, this was the four teams that was getting the most hate because there was the whole thing about the bubble being the fluke. And I talked about it on so many pods, how there's been so much disrespect thrown at Jimmy because everyone always says he can't do what he did in the bubble. And yet he continues to do what he did in 2020, but even better than that. The fact that, you know, we did what we did and we're still like, because everyone went crazy after 2021, wanted to act like there was something going on when that season happened, when the truth was 2021 was the true fluke year in all of this but nobody wants to talk about that and that's fine it is what it is because at the end of the day mr steps to success won the championship so at the end of the day the media darling got the award so nobody cared but the bottom line is is that people wanted to hate on us when we had our chance to you know go all the way to the finals and do what we did so because of that it is what it is I don't even care, man, because you know what? The Miami Heat are here. They doing what it takes to win a championship. We beat the number one seed. We had that man start a whole campaign about how he lost um, in five games to an eight seed, all right? We may, we giving that man a whole bag just because he fumbled big time for everyone in the world to see. But it is what it is. We out here doing all type of stuff right now. And we are, and I, I don't want to talk too much about this next series because I never want to assume stuff. But, yo, we already halfway through this series before we potentially go to the conference finals. Y'all can't tell this squad nothing because every time they continue to say this stuff, like, we are still going to the next level. And it's that reason why, like, I don't care about the media. Yeah, the media is filled with some losers, but it is what it is. Because the truth is, is that if they didn't have these loser narratives to ride on all this time, they would be off in Burger King trying to get, trying to work a nine to five over there. But it is what it is. You know, I can't hate. 
I can't hate if someone was paying me big money to come on the um, mic and just talk about how the Lakers are this or the Knicks are that and talk about that for a half hour instead of trying to talk about some actual hoops for a quick minute. You know, I would take that job, too, because you know what? I want to feed my family. I want to do this and that. So I ain't got no hate towards that. But we got to keep it a buck for a buck. So that's why. I just have to say what I have to say for that. And this is the one and probably the only time when we will talk about the media and the crap that they got to say. Because like we mentioned before, who cares, man? Because we know how it is. We know how it is when it comes to them and their hate for the heat. We all know this since day one. So there's no point in to keep talking about it and gassing it up. Because at the end of the day, nothing will change. We've seen people try to speak up about it. There was the whole thing with J.J. Reddick last year. I'm going to make this short, sweet, and simple because I want to get us talking about this for like a next hour because we could. But we saw the whole thing with J.J. Reddick. He literally looked Stephen A. Smith in the eye and said, why didn't we talk about, why are we not talking about the Heat when they literally went out and they're winning all these games throughout some of their best players last year? He said that. But yeah, you know, we never saw anything happen. Yeah, they might have talked about the Heat here and there, but none of that mattered because it was still about the Lakers. It was still about all these other teams that nobody should really care about because they wasn't playing good basketball at the time. But it is what it is. I don't care. Let's go Heat. Let's handle game four, and let's go from there. Is there anything else y'all want to say before we close this out? Don DeMarco, DeMarco. <laughs> What about you, K? Hey, I'm good, man. You good. Bet, bet, bet. So with that being said, y'all, thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode of the Heat vs. World podcast. Make sure to follow Kev on Twitter at KevoMufasa7. That's two O's in Kevo. Make sure to follow K on Twitter at K underscore said underscore K. And make sure to follow me on Twitter at JoelKJacob underscore. And most importantly, make sure to follow Heat vs. The World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. And make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel over at Heat vs. The World. We're putting out all sorts of content for you, whether if it's new episodes of this very podcast, whether if it's new episodes of Biscayne Breakdown featuring Kay and our guy Deem, or if we're doing another episode of Dolphins vs. The World, if you're a football fan, we got all sorts of content heading your way. It's going to be a fun postseason. Hopefully the heat can keep us going and we can keep pumping out this content. And even if you if you can't listen to a podcast or whatever we got cooking on the YouTube channel, go over to hvtwpodcast.wordpress.com. We got great articles from all our contributors, especially our guy Kay. So just see what we got cooking up there as well. And aside from that, man, I think I tackled everything else that needs to be talked about. So thank y'all so much for tuning in. Let's go Heat. Screw the media. Screw all them people. All right. This is the Heat's time. Let's go show the world why we that team. All right. Jimmy Butler, go do your thing. And let's go up three games to one against the Knicks. Hit my music because we out. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time with a brand new episode of the Heat versus the World podcast.